0: two verse one, the first part of that verse just simply says to the angel of the church in Ephesus right. Now uh, what we're going to do is try to figure out what that means. I think it's important that we look at what the Bible says and we look at it seriously and and think about it and we're going to do that this morning reminding you that uh, Jesus is, Uh, addressing seven churches in this book, seven real churches. Remember, these letters were never meant to be delivered individually. They weren't sent out like the the letter of Ephesus that Paul wrote or, or uh, or the letter of Ephesians or the letter of Colossians or Philippians. These were sent out as one group. This whole book was a unit and it was a unit that was to be read by all the seven churches, the church at Ephesus was to read the warnings sent to the church at Sardis. and the church at Sardis was to read the promises sent to the church at Smyrna, never intended to be isolated, but one complete message to the whole of Christ's church. That's why at the end of each of these, and chapters two and three forms the letters to the seven churches section of the book of Revelation. At the end of each section, it begins, it says the same thing. Let him that has an ear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now these are living messages. This is a not a message to the church in in the past only. Nor is it a message to the church in the far distant future only. This is a message to us today. It's always been a present living message. And so we need to hear what the Spirit is saying. It does not, does not say, let him say what the Spirit said or will say, but what the Spirit is speaking. God is speaking to us right now as we look at this passage of Scripture. So we're just looking at that verse and the title of the message as you can see is The Angel of Your Church. Now when the church at Ephesus uh, picked up this book and, and had it read to them, they heard to the angel of the church in Ephesus, and they may have said, you mean we've got an angel? Our church has an angel? I didn't know that. Well, that's what we're talking about today is the angel of your church. I'm intrigued by that because I want to see what the Bible has to say. Now, there are some assumptions that people make and some interpretations that people make, about this, we're going to talk about those. But first, I'd like to take you back to Revelation chapter 1, verse 20. My mistake there, it says at the bottom, verse 16, but it's Revelation 1, verse 20, as we have the interpretation of what the lampstands and the stars are. The picture is Jesus walking in seven among seven lampstands, holding seven stars in his hand. And the Bible says, As for the mystery of the seven st- stars, that you saw in my right hand, Jesus is speaking. He said, this, The seven uh, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Now, we have it established uh, that Jesus says this. This is what Jesus says, and so he doesn't say here anything else. He interprets the symbols. The lampstands are the churches. The stars are the angels. Now, I remind you that this number seven is a number that that means complete. He's talking to the whole church. He's not talking to just the churches then, but the churches across the ages, the churches pictured as lampstands, and Jesus holding in his right hand, the angels of the seven churches. But here's the first question that we need to consider this morning, and that is this, does your church have an angel? First Baptist Church in Loosedale, does the First Baptist Church have an angel? Does Jesus hold the angel of your church in his right hand? If so, what does that mean? And so we need to consider that. First, let me acknowledge that the word angel is a rather tricky word. Now, you probably don't see that, but I'm going to explain it to you. Because the word angel is a Greek word, and it means messenger. Messenger, that's what it means. And so some people, when they look at Revelation 2.1... And they look at all the letters to the churches and they see to the angel of the church, they read that to the messenger of the church, and they say, ah, that's the pastor of the church. And so Jesus holds the pastor of the church in his right hand. Let me give you one illustration of why someone might say that. Look in Matthew chapter 11, verse 10. Now what I'm going to show you is that there are times when uh, uh, this word messenger or angel refers to a human messenger. There are times when the word angel refers to a heavenly messenger who's not a human. There are times when the word angel or messenger refers to an inhuman messenger who's demonic. I'm going to give you three illustrations and show it to you. The first one is from Matthew 11, verse 10, where Jesus, speaking of John the Baptist, He says, This is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare the way before you. Well, in the Greek language, the word is angel. That's just the word, but it can mean messenger, and so here it is translated Messenger John the Baptist was a human who was a heavenly messenger. He had a heavenly mission from God, but he was very much human. Now, let me show you another place where it was used in a different way. This may help you in your own spiritual battles. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, Paul says, Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, For this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger, and the Greek word is angel. Might be a good way to translate it here. A messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. And so that's pretty interesting in that this messenger of Satan can also be translated an angel of Satan. To torment me. So that's the same word. Now, because this word can be translated messenger, as I said, some say that's the pastor of the church, and therefore that means then that uh, the Jesus holds the pastor of the church in his hand, and that's a very comforting message. And for many years I was comfortable with that interpretation, but then I had to look at the bigger picture. What the Bible says clearly is that the lampstands are the churches themselves and that the stars are the angels. It never says the stars are the pastor of the church or that the angel is the pastor of the church. So it's very important to let the Bible be true to itself and let Scripture interpret Scripture as much as possible. So let's look again at another verse from Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants, the things which must soon take place, and he sent and communicated it by his angel. Same word, can be translated messenger, but it's obviously not translated messenger here because it doesn't mean messenger. It means not a human, a heavenly messenger, an angel. So uh, angels play a prominent role in the book of Revelation. I've told you that in the Gospel of John, you'll find the word angel mentioned only four times. In the Gospel of Matthew, the word angel occurs 19 times. In the Gospel of Luke, the word angel occurs 23 times. But in the book of Revelation, angels are mentioned in 72 different verses. So what are we to say about the word angel in the book of Revelation? That 64 times it means angel, and in these occasions when... John is addressing the churches, that it means messenger, that it means something else, there appears to be a good reason that the word angel was used. It means angel. It means what it says. Well, let me ask another question. Is there ever a time in Scripture when an angel can be a human, a person? Well, we see at the resurrection appearance of Jesus that when the women went to the tomb, they encountered an angel. The angel appeared to them in human form, but he obviously was not human because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 3, his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And we find another unusual verse in the book of Hebrews that appears to say that there are times when angels take on human form For purpose is known only to God. Look at uh, Hebrews 12, verse 2. He says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Brother Tony, this does not mean that you should pick up every hitchhiker that's on the side of the road. But, however, there are angels that come into our lives sometimes. We will not recognize it at the moment. Uh, Their presence is momentary and fleeting and for a purpose known only to God. The person who has the experience may later recognize that as an experience with an angel. The Bible acknowledges that there are angels among us. They They may take on human form, but they are always heavenly beings. The scripture supports this. But we're concerned at the moment with this expression, the angel of the church in Ephesus. And I've been trying to show you that in this book of Revelation, an angel is never a human agent, but always a heavenly being. Now, here's the second question. Does this mean that each of these individual churches had an angel assigned to them by God? Let's just think about that for just a minute as he writes to the angel of the church in Ephesus, at communicating his message to and through that angel to the church. When this church was organized, before any of us were ever born, did God say, this church has a special mission in that community? This church is my messenger in that community. And to help this church along the way and to help them with their spiritual battles, I'm going to assign that church an angel? That's the question I'm asking you. Did Jesus assign each of those churches an angel? And does your church have an angel? Did each of these individual churches have an angel assigned to them? Well, let's look at some scripture to talk about that for just a minute. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, from the Phillips translation, this is just one of the translations that I like to read for special understanding. On occasion, but it says the same thing in any other translation you read. Listen to what Jesus said about children. Be careful that you never despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that they have angels who see my Father's face continually in heaven. They have angels, angels who are charged with their keeping. Angels who are charged with God's will for their lives. Angels for their protection. They have angels. They're not angels. They'll not become angels, but they have angels. And we particularly believe that this refers to children who belong to God, that they have angels. Second, the Bible makes it clear that if you are a child of God, you have angels. You do. I do. In Psalm 91, that great passage of scripture that talks about the protection of God's people. He says in chapter 91 verse 11 for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you In all your ways. The devil, you'll remember, quoted that verse to Jesus and suggested that he jump off the pinnacle of the temple. You don't want to jump off the top of this church to test this verse because you're testing God. But God makes you this same promise. You have angels in the experience of the early church. In Acts chapter 12, Peter found himself in an unusual predicament. He was in prison awaiting execution. Here is the story of how God delivered him by means of an angel. The Bible says, beginning in verse 6 of Acts chapter 12, On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out uh, along one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Verse 11. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from the Jewish people and all they were expecting. I want to ask you a question. Was this the angel of the church in Jerusalem? Should we understand it this way? Was this an angel assigned personally to Peter for his protection? Can we see angels? Should we think we'll always see angels? Are angels always visible? Well, no, they're not. One perfect illustration comes in the story of Elisha in the Old Testament. Elisha's life was threatened by a a king who determined he was going to have Elisha killed. And Elisha was not afraid. He was very confident in God's protective care. But Elisha's servant was a little nervous he was frightened. And so Elisha prayed. He said, God, open his eyes and let him see what I see. And in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, the Bible says, And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. These were angel armies that surrounded them. I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always on my side. He's with us. He's protecting us. He's always protected his people. We have angels. That's what the Bible is telling us. Does your church have an angel? Now, angels are often referred to as the heavenly host. You'll read that in the scripture, the heavenly host. If you read an updated translation, it will say, angel armies, that's what it's talking about. Is it not true that each of us, you and me, have our own spiritual battles that we wage on a regular basis? Paul said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against supernatural entities, and when we wrestle against supernatural entities, we need help. So what do angels do For God's people, well, this verse may help us to understand that why angels are not always visible, or it may help us to wrap our minds how a child or a person or a church uh, could be assigned an angel. So we have a good definition of what angels do in the Bible—a biblical definition, not Brother Eddie's definition, but a biblical definition from Hebrews chapter one, verse fourteen. It says, "Are they angels? Not." all all of them ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation they do god's bidding they serve him to serve you it appears that jesus was telling these seven churches that they had angels now back to our original question does your church have an angel if there was an angel assigned to the church at Ephesus and to Smyrna and Pergamum and Thyatira and Sardis and Philadelphia and Laodicea, these representative churches through which Jesus was delivering a message to the entire church and he was telling them, I hold all your angels in my hand. Does he hold those angels in his hand for our church? Does our church have an angel, someone he has assigned to? to help us and protect us. Think for a minute of the president of the United States. He has secret service, does he not? Let's suppose a younger president might be elected this year on either party, a younger president with small children. That president, whoever he is who gets elected, is gonna have secret service agents assigned to him. Does that president's children Also, have the protection of Secret Service agents. Yes, they will. Those Secret Service agents will guard those children with their lives just like they guard the President. I think 50 years ago, Billy Graham wrote a book called Angels God's Secret Agents. If the President of the United States is going to assign Secret Service agents to protect, His children, wouldn't God assign agents to protect children who are his own? Jesus said, don't despise one of these little ones. They have angels. Jesus, the Bible says, you have angels who have charge concerning you. They will bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against the stone. They are ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. Now, just a few verses before John said all this in the, in the book of Revelation as he's talking about the angel that communicated the message from Jesus. He's going to communicate it to John and then the angels that need to communicate the message to the churches. He said this about Jesus coming. Behold, this is verse 7, Revelation 1, 7. Behold, He's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him, even those who pierced Him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over Him. So it is to be. Amen. That's talking about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes, Will the angels be associated with his coming? Last thing I'm going to say, these verses from Matthew chapter 24, verses 30 and 31. Jesus said, And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming On the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. We have angels. Let's pray.